0: Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. We're in Possess the Promise. How many of you, this is the last week of this, but I sure haven't enjoyed it. I preach myself happy, all right? Possess the Promise. And, uh, you know, just to recap, week one, it was about... Uh, remember giants in the land and grasshoppers and how you see yourself. And, you know, God had promised them a land of milk and honey. And um, when they got there, the, the, uh, God sent, had Moses sent 12 spies over and they came back. And you remember Joshua and Caleb had a good report, but the spies, the 10 spies gave an evil report. Now, what did they report? They report what they saw. They saw giants there and they said, We see giants there, and we are grasshoppers in our own sight, and not just in our own sight, in the enemy, in the giant's sight. They see us grasshoppers. And so what you learn from that is don't, you have to really see where your focus is on. Don't allow yourself to be focused on the problem, on the situation. Be like Caleb and say, hey, that's my mountain. That's mine. I'm taking possession of that. We are well able. We're well equipped. And you're well able and well equipped if God be with you. Last week was about the father of our faith, Abraham. Abraham, it says in uh, Romans chapter 4, that Abraham um, did not waver at the promise of God, that he received the promise of God, even though everything was coming against his hope. What was the hope? What was the promise? That he would become the father of many nations. Didn't have a child. Now, what was coming against his hope? He's 100 years of age and Sarah's 90. There's, there's no hope, Right. And so coming against that hope, he believed in hope. He believed in the promise rather than what he experienced and what he saw. And he believed in the promise of God. And it says that he did not waver or stagger in unbelief. Everybody say unbelief. unbelief. The reason he received the promise of God and he had the promised child Isaac is because he did not stumble in unbelief. Unbelief is what will cause you To null and void the promise of God in your life. Did you know that? It will keep you from receiving it. And we're going to see this in the scriptures as we close out today. And I I believe it's going to help you here here this morning. Um, Let me give you some categories that you can receive how unbelief can come into your life. Number one, it can come into your life through ignorance. Just ignorance itself can keep you. If you don't know the promises of God, how are you going to believe in the promises of God? right? Hosea 4.10 says this, Hosea 4.6 says this, about people perish, they're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So how do you fix that? How do you fix the unbelief of ignorance? Get in the truth. Read the word. You know, you hear people say, standing on the promises of God, they're singing about the promises of God. They're standing on them, but they don't know them. That's a bad place to be. So if you want to get rid of ignorance, You have to get into the truth. You know, it says, you shall know the truth. Amen. Say it again, church. You you shall know the truth and it'll set you free. So that's one way unbelief comes through. It's just not knowing, not knowing the promise. You know, you have enormous emphasis on the problem, but you have a little bit about the promise. You don't want to be there. And the next one is, is disbelief, doubt. How many of you know that doubt can cause you to not receive the promises of God. Doubt is where you begin reasoning the promise. Remember what the devil did to Eve, Satan did to Eve in the Garden of Eve? God tells them, you know, don't eat the good of evil, the knowledge of good and evil. He gives them that commandment. I don't know how long they they perform that, of not taking that, but then one day the enemy comes along and gives them a thought, a subtle thought, and says, Did not God say you can eat every fruit of the garden? He just got her thinking, subtle. And the next thing, she's thinking about it. See, folks, Christians, you didn't realize here this morning, brothers and sisters, you got to sometimes think about what you've been thinking about. What have you been dwelling about? If you begin rolling things in your mind about the problem, the situation, and calculating and figuring, and, and you don't give anything to the promise, it's going to get you in trouble. That's how doubt comes. Matter of fact, James chapter 1 says it like this. It says, that, it says if any of you lack wisdom, wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea. Right? And ex- that man should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So it's saying there, when you allow doubt to come in your life, you're like a wave. You come into church on Sunday, you hear a message about the promises of God or yes and amen, you're like this, up, oh, right? Then Monday morning, down. Then you come back on another Sunday, back up and down. And, and that's what doubt will do. That's what reasoning will do. It will, allow, it will allow, when you begin reasoning and doubting and mulling over the promises of God and questioning it, then it can bring unbelief into your life. The next one is disbelief, which you think it's unbelief, but really what disbelief is, it can lead you into unbelief, is really like holding on to your traditions of men. You know, uh, you have sensationist denominations out there that believe that the spirits of the gifts, the, the Holy Spirit gifts, are done away with. They ceased. And, and they go through just one scripture in First Corinthians chapter 13, that when that which is perfect has come, then that the knowledge and and, and uh, tongues will cease. And how many of you know we still had to have knowledge today? We still had to have wisdom today. So they use that one scripture, and I remember back years ago, man of God loved God with all his heart, but he didn't believe in the gifts. He didn't believe in healing. He didn't believe. He thought all that went away with apostles. And I try to get him to explain, well, why do I see all these other promises saying I don't need to? We, we can, we have the promises. And he just gave a poor interpretation of he was holding on, refusing the truth to hold on to his traditions. You see what I'm saying? Well, because that's how we were taught and that's the commentary that we believe in and that's what we're going to stand on. That kind of disbelief will keep you from refusing to receive the truth of God so how do you get rid of that just receive the truth amen. just receive the truth what it says so we believe it, we're continuing in the gifts we continue we believe that God is the same yesterday today and forever amen if what he did in Matthew Mark and Luke and John he's still doing it today amen if he's healing in Matthew Mark and Luke and John he's still doing it here today amen. they have not ceased We still can ask for wisdom. We still get knowledge. There's still prophecy going out today. Did you know that God's word is still proceeding? It's not just the canon of the scriptures, but he's still proceeding. We live, listen, not not by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's still proceeding out of the mouth of God. And the last way that unbelief can come into your life, and this is the most common way, and this is what we're going to talk about here today, is just by what you see. What you hear, what you smell, the five physical senses is what you experience. You know, when you get to, you know, you have to either look, you'll look at this x-ray and maybe you got a bad report and you're either going to have to look at the x-ray, ponder the x-ray, consider the x-ray, or you're going to have to consider the promise. You're either going to have to look at the natural or you're going to have to either look at the supernatural. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to move with God and get in the supernatural. Amen? Amen. Because if all you're doing is calculating and studying and examining the problem, guess what you're going to get into? Unbelief. This is going to become really big. This is going to become, you're going to become, this is going to be a giant in your, in your land, right? This is, you're going to look at this and you're going to think, I'm a grasshopper. And this, this promise that God's got over here, so little, I look at it as a grasshopper also. But we don't want to do that. We, 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 if this is contradicting the promise we don't look at this. We look at the promise of God. Amen. Remember what Abraham did. He says, he did not consider his own body. What are you considering, folks? What are you, what, are you, what are you looking at? And that's why we've got to be careful is what are, we, what are we looking at? What are we, why, why are we allowing our, our senses to bring to us? Because we walk by faith, not by what? We walk by faith, not by sight. Now, let's look at Mark Chapter 9, and verse uh, 17 through 19. I'm going to read this this one account right here. Not the complete story, but we're going to go into Matthew here in just a second. Matthew chapter 17. But let's look at Mark. Are we there at Mark? Chapter 9, verse 17. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever he, whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So something's clearly going on in the sight realm right there. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they what? Could not. He answered and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he, he, talk about the spirit in this boy, saw him. Saw who? What's capitalized there. When the spirit saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, and he's foaming at the mouth. Remember that. So the disciples saw him foaming at the mouth, gnashing down on the ground in convulsions. And when the Spirit saw Jesus walk up, after Jesus rebuked the disciples for not having faith, what happens? It throws itself down. It begins convulsing and, and foaming at the mouth. And he says, so I, he, so, so I, verse 21, so he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From his childhood. Let's stop there. Let's go on to Matthew. I wanted you to see what. Jesus saw what the disciples saw. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17 verse 14. Everybody there? And when he had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls, the same, same account, this is Matthew speaking now. What he saw. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not what? Heal they couldn't cure him, couldn't heal him. Then Jesus answered, said, "What do you say? Oh, faithless, perverse generation! How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me." And Jesus rebuked the demon. That's interesting, right? He rebuked the what? What was causing this boy to have these seizures? It was a demon, right? When's the last time you rebuked a demon? When's the last time you rebuked the devil? Amen. How many know that we have that power? We have the authority. We're supposed to. See, sometimes it's a demon behind it. Jesus looked at this and said, what's causing this is a demon behind it. You know, sometimes it's not medication. Sometimes it's not counseling. Sometimes it's just a demon, right? And when you rebuke that demon, right? When you rebuke that, what you're saying essentially is no more. No more. See, some of us need to just tell the devil. Amen? No more. No more devil in my finances, right? No more devil in my, with my children. No more. No more. Stop. We need to rebuke that enemy who tries to come kill and steal and destroy. And by the way, you have that because Mark chapter 16 says, and these signs will follow. Right? See, I don't go following signs. Some people do. Besides, should be following those who they will cast out demons. Amen. Now that, that means possession. That means oppression. How many of you know? Not everybody has got a demon in them. They're not all possessed. But some of us. How many of you know? You can be under oppression, where something just a dark cloud over you all the time, and your, your soul's downcast, and it's just just always always over. You know what you need to do? Just rise up and command in the name of Jesus. Be cast out of here. No more. You rebuke that enemy. Alright? So Jesus rebukes the enemy there. And it came out of him, and the child was cured when that very hour. Now here comes the disciples in verse 19. They came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? We saw what you did, and it's amazing, Jesus. And can I tell you that the disciples have been casting out demons already? They've been casting out demons. Luke chapter 10 says, I've given you power to trample serpents, scorpions under your feet. You have that power. And they're asking him, why couldn't we do this? And look what Jesus immediately says. What does he say? Because of your what? Because of your unbelief. You know where that unbelief came from? You know, they went over there and they said, come out of him in the name of Jesus. Or they prayed over him, be healed. And they saw him foaming at the mouth, dropping down on the ground, gnashing his teeth. See, they saw with their eyes. And when it went through the eye gate, right, it got into their thoughts right between their ears and then it, it went into their mind and then it got down in their soul and they had unbelief. And they think, they're like, oh, we prayed over him, but, well, it didn't work. And the demon tried to use it on Jesus. The demon sees Jesus, the authority, the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He comes walking up, and the demon's like, throat's throwing this boy on the ground. But Jesus didn't go by what he saw. He, go, he went by what he believed. And he knew he had all authority. Right? And we needed the same thing. So watch what comes through your eye gates. Right? Watch what you hear. You don't live by, man should not live by bread alone, taste, right? But by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's the promises we live on. See, see our, 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 our physical senses, they're not our enemies, folks. They're not bad. You know, they, they lead us to do things. They're for our enjoyment. I like to eat bread with olive oil and butter. Lots of it, Right? I love to do that, but that's for an enjoyment. But, but they're never to govern our lives. Your senses are not your government. This is your government, the Word of God. You know, heaven and earth will pass away one day, but God's Word will always stand, right? The flower fades away, the grass withers, but the Word of God will always stand. And so we've got we to bank and we've got to be like Father Abraham. What are we considering? Are we going to consider what we are looking at? Now look what Jesus says here. He says, because of your unbelief, this is why you couldn't do it. This is the answer, unbelief. So the topic is about unbelief. He says, for surely I say to you, if you have faith, he's talking about faith and he's talking about unbelief. He says, you have faith as a mustard seed, so you will say this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Boy, that's a, that's a promise, isn't it, not That's some faith. But the problem is sometimes we agree with faith, but we have unbelief in our heart because we allow it to come through our senses. Now look at this. Verse 21. I want you to see this verse because there's been a lot of traditional teaching. And listen, I used to think this way because I was taught this way. And this is where disbelief comes from. And I had to realize what's taking place here. He's saying, verse 21. However, this... Kind does not go out by, except by prayer and fasting. It's not talk, the topic's not about the demon. He's already cast the demon out. They're asking, why can't we not do this? Your unbelief. He says, the only way you're going to get rid of unbelief, prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is what's going to get rid of unbelief. We're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know what that's for? To get rid of our unbelief. Can I tell you what? Fasting don't, doesn't move God and fasting don't move the devil. Listen, I'm going to tell you what moves God because God's already moved, folks. 2,000 years ago on the cross. When did he move? 2,000 years ago on the cross when Jesus says, it is finished. Amen. And so now he's moved and done everything for us. We were blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Now we got to use our authority. We got to use our authority. And we can't get into unbelief. Disbelief. We gotta believe what God says is gonna take is gonna take place. Say so what moves what you know what fasting does? Because if fasting, if look at this context, because a lot of people think, and here's the traditional teaching. You have unbelief, but this one, this demon, you can only get him out if you're prayer and fasting. You got you got a little more, you know. If that's the case, why did Jesus rebuke them and say, oh, you faithless generation. If they need a little something else, you're going to need a little more fasting. You're going to need some fasting to get this devil out because he's a new level of devil, right? It's not that. It's not that. That would be horrible when you start thinking about that teaching. That means... If if it's not coming to pass, you're like, oh, this devil's too big for me. Uh, Will you wait here for about a week? Let me go fast. And then when I fast and pray, I'll come back and I'll handle you. No, it's not that way. This prayer and fasting is to get rid of the unbelief, what you see. See, fasting is moving. You think, "I'm, I'm trying to move. We do that. We try to move God. He says, I moved. I've done it. Use your authority. We're always telling God, more, 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 more. We even sing about that. More, more, more. He's like, I'm giving it all to you. Now use your authority. Walk in your authority. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, sometimes that means you just need to say, no more. (laughs) Hands off. Rebeat that enemy. See, fasting is to move you from unbelief to belief. Let me say that again. Fasting, what that does is you're depriving your body if you're doing a fasting with the food. Daniel's talking about doing a soulish fast. Because, you know, there's a temptation there when you say, I'm going to do a soulish fast, and all of a sudden you hear, bing, notification. (laughs) You just want to go over there. But to get rid of the unbelief, what it is, fasting, this is what it does. It moves you from unbelief to belief. How does it do that? There's a war going on in Galatians that says... That the flesh wars against the spirit, and they contradict one another. So to get your flesh to line up with your spirit, fasting takes take place. Because you know what happens when you get on a fast? You're going to start today. And let's say whatever you get. You know, maybe you say, okay, I'm not going to have breakfast. What does your stomach start saying to you? What does your senses start telling you? I'm hungry. I can't believe I didn't have breakfast. Oh, my gosh, I had not had Lunch today. I ain't eaten all day long. That's your body, your senses, trying to get you to operate through your senses. And what you're doing is putting down that flesh and saying, You're not calling shots here. My spirit's calling the shots. And you know what happens after three or four days of fasting? You quit getting hungry. Right? Because your flesh gives up on like, hey, we're gonna go. Because it growls and says, time to eat. Feed me, feed me, right? Huh? I mean, guys, we got to get rid of some things sometimes and, and not let things, just our senses take over. You know, the Bible says some people that the, uh, the, 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 their God is the God of their belly, you know. I used to think about those ranger cookies over at Ruskis, you know. I look at those ranger cookies, and I'm like, I love those ranger cookies, you know. And then the other day I found out, you know, after I eat you know, a couple of them, you know, they come in a pack of four, right? I mean, I just like feeling, oh, you know. And the Lord's like, you know, you reap what you sow. I'm like, yeah, it have been, haven't I, Lord? <laughs> you got to get rid of that. You know, and you think, well, you're talking about a cookie, Pastor Arthur. Listen, if you can't get over a ranger cookie or a chocolate chip cookie or oatmeal cookie, how you, if you can't, you can't overcome that, how are you going to overcome spiritual matters? Huh? Right. How are you going to overcome big things, spiritual matters? So sometimes you got to just say tell your flesh, no. Bless you, no. Know. So, while we fast, we're putting that thing down. We're causing it not to, our sight, just to be focused on our senses. And, and that's what we do. You'll say, we promise to God, you hear a message like this, and you'll go out, and you're like, setting the woods on fire. All right. And all of a sudden, the enemy will bring you th- something, an Im- imagery, right? Something to your senses to look at. Look at this. Feel this. Right? and you can't go by what you feel because Abraham did not consider his own body being dead he's a hundred years of age and she's 90 but he held on to the promise and he became what God promised him and see that's what you got to do so today when you're fasting and prayer where you give up it's going to hit you it's going to hit you but you just keep on believing and listen, what that's to do, it's not to make, okay, God, you see, are you impressed with my fast, Lord? No. doesn't impress God. What it's doing, it's not changing God or it's not even moving the devil. It's, it's moving you. It's getting you back into belief. Because that's where 90% of it is where we don't receive. is just through unbelief. I, more than that. It's always through unbelief. It's you don't believe. He says, all things are possible for him who believes. The man that he healed that boy, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible. Remember what that man asked him? He says, Lord, in in Mark chapter 9, he says, I believe, help me with my unbelief. Could it be today that we need to ask God, help me with my unbelief? Let me tell you how you know you're in unbelief. If you keep rolling the problem over and over and over in your mind. There's a reason that God says, do not worry. Do not worry. Negative meditation. Don't think on the problem. Don't accept a problem. Don't receive. And if you're doing that, if you keep doing that and calculate and figure and, and, and just keep on with that and you've spent this much time with the promise or no time with the promise, you're in unbelief. How are you going to get rid of that? Your senses are leading you. Your senses are leading you. And you've got to resist those Senses of sin, you gotta believe in the promise more than you believe in the problem. You gotta consider the problem, I mean promise more than you consider the problem. If the problem contradicts you say, I'm not looking there. I'm not moved by what I see or what I even feel. What does the word of God say? Thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand in my right hand, not coming near me. You report and the doctor says you got cancer. That's all you, you said. no, he was wounded for my transgressions; he was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace is upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. Amen. God will satisfy me with long life. Amen. That's what you do. Satisfy me. Amen. Satisfy you with long life. Amen. Hold fast your confession, for he who promised is faithful. Right. Amen. So you say, "Hey Lord, long and strong." When, they, when the enemy comes to me and say, long and strong, Amen. he'll satisfy me with long and strong. So see what the enemy is going to do is try to come against you with that promise and say, Hey, do you feel that? Uh, I think you have a circulation problem. What's this tw- What's this pain? What's this? You can't sit there and spend time. Don't go to WebMD, you know. <laughs> and people do that. Christians do that. They believe in Jesus Christ. They know heaven's going to be their home, but they're getting beat up black and blue by the enemy. Yeah. Folks, we're to have authority here on this earth. Yeah. We're to have what we say. Jesus said, if you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into sea,' shall not doubt in your heart, but believe in the things that you say shall come to pass. You will have whatever Amen. you say. You will, have, you will have whatever you say. Amen. Amen. That's a great promise. Now, see, some folks hear that, and they're like, disbelief. Disbelief. Right now, the enemy's working on you right now. Have what you say according to his will. Not some stupid thing, you know? Where you're married, you say, no, I want that husband over there. I think it's God's will for me. No, it's not. That's stupid. All right? That's where your senses kick in, all right? God gave you a brain, right? right. I remember hearing this guy years ago. He, he used to pray to God what he going to wear. God, what's your will for me to wear? I'm like, man, this is, you know, this is really spiritualizing everything. <laughs> God gave you a brain. Use your brain. Use your senses to relate. They're for your enjoyment. They're to guide you, right? You smell smoke? Get out of the house. <laughs> but they're never meant to be your government. They're never This is, this is what governs you. And listen, this is a life changing message that I'm giving you here today. This could save your life. Amen. And it has saved folks' lives. Amen. That because and, and if if you can't believe it, if you're like that man who says, I believe, but help me with my unbelief, get in some fasting. Because it'll get, it'll get those senses down. You know, feed me some more, right? <laughs> it'll get those down where you're like, you know, you, you, I, I'm taking authority over you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. This help anybody here this morning? Yeah. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, went on good ground. I thank you, Father God. We're not going to be double-minded. We're, we're not going to wave like a wave of the sea. We're going to be stable in all our ways and not double-minded. Father, as we start this 21 days of prayer and fasting, Lord, help us to see, Lord, that it's, it's to move us from unbelief to belief and believe your promises are God or yes and amen. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again and we hope to see you soon.